This is Hey Beautiful, the podcast where we binge and recap every episode of How I Met Your Mother. No spoilers. So suit up, grab a sandwich, and settle in. Is it my episode? Or is it your episode? Uh, No, it's a me. It's a me. It's a me, Mario. (laughs) Hey, everybody. Um, If you don't know, I am Caitlin, uh, currently battling the back-to-school plague, but Mm. it's me. Um, And I am joined by our lovely host, Kate. Hello, everybody. And we are Hey Beautiful, and we recap every episode of How I Met Your Mother, spoiler-free. No spoilers at all. which sometimes is hard to do, and especially for this episode, it had Ooh, me yeah. really thinking about the future. It was really hard. For sure. Well, I mean, the ending definitely makes you think about the future, right? Yeah. So. And also, just like, I forgot, here we are at the end of season three, just about, I forgot that this is how soon we saw them together. Yeah. Yep. I just felt, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the seasons that lie ahead, you know? Yeah. You can cut that out. No, it's fine. <laughs> Sorry. This is what we mean by it's really not- hard, guys. Huh? <laughs> this is what we mean by it's really hard. Uh-huh. It's uh-huh. hard to not say what we want to say, but we're trying to keep it uh, keep it discreet for new fans of the show. Mm-hmm. We want everyone to enjoy. And it's kind of fun to to try and watch it through a newbie's eyes. Yeah. This episode especially, so we'll we'll talk about that. Ugh. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, this episode is um the goat that we are talking about today. And what a um, troll of a title, huh? So oof. trash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But it is a fun episode because we learned that Ted was born on the perfect day. That's right. The perfect date is April yep. 25th. All you need is a light it's jacket. A light jacket. <laughs> I'm so proud that I lived in Rhode Island for a, a decade because that much. Yeah. I lived there for like seven months. I'm proud of it. Right? It, it gets oh, under your skin. We, we spent the weekend in Rhode Island and it brought back so many memories. I just love... Love, 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 Rhodey. It's a cool, strange little little state. It is. And if you haven't watched Miss Congeniality, you should do it <laughs> for Miss Rhode Island alone. You know. Oh, bless, bless her. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, let's get um, some updates from the Himium Universe. We have twenty eight patrons. Yeah, we just uh, when I was logging in today, I noticed that we got another one. So That's crazy. Yeah, we got a bunch of new ones this in the past week or so. So thank you, everybody. That's awesome. It's very exciting. Especially as we like are rounding out like season three and gearing up for season four. Only four after this, three episodes to go till season four. Chris and I were talking about that last night. Like it I can't believe it's already almost to season four. I know, then that's almost half. Halfway through. Halfway, I know. Four and a half seasons is halfway through, so bleh. 
For sure. So I mean, it's not close to anything. We're still going to be like (coughs) crypt keepers by the time we finish. But yeah, my voice will sound like this always. Always. Mm -hmm. You'll be up to a pack a day from the stress. (laughs) (laughs) The stress of talking about how I met your mother every two weeks. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But see, this pace is why we're still friends. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like you see podcasters all over stopping, um, canceling, breaking up, getting divorced. Because you just got to you got to do a pace that works for you. And I have to say, anytime we're off schedule, it's always a me issue. And you're so I feel 100 percent comfortable being like, yo, I can't do it today. Or like, I got to reschedule it. I try to give you as much notice as I can. But yeah, but I don't want this to be a fucking chore. Like, yeah. I'm grateful that we have people that are donating um, and getting, you know, like extra little perks from us. But mm-hmm. this is not my day job. It's not your day job. And I just want to have fun doing this. I don't want this to yeah. ruin how I met your mother for me. It, You know? So I finally bought all the seasons on iTunes. Mm. Um. I've been watching it on my phone lately, and like, it's so much fun. Out of order? <clears throat> no. Oh, you've just been well, watching it on your phone? I'm, like, starting to rewatch from, like, season one again. Really? hmm <sighs> I haven't done that yet. I like to... I, I have a hard time watching out of order. Yeah. And that... One of, um, one of my other favorite shows is Doctor Who, and anytime I, like, get the itch to start watching it, I have to start... From, from the new who seasons yeah and i can't it's really hard for me to skip around or well, i have to start for a complete season at least yeah well i meant like out of order of our show because oh, that to me no. is, is dangerous because like to go ahead because yeah that's, i don't spoilers there be there i don't want to do that no yeah, yeah that's yeah. why I'm, you know i figure starting over yeah. is a, a safer bet and honestly, it's going to help us talk about the end of season three, right? You have a, more of like the yeah the, a perspective, the series arc to look mm-hmm. at that way. So that's true. I see a double dose of recipes and book recommendations coming this month. Yeah, because they were not done in August. That's okay. Vacation happened, so yeah, get ready for two episodes, uh, two recipes, and two book recommendations for me for September. It's getting into cozy book reading and cooking season so it's the perfect time to to double up and catch yeah. up yeah and why don't you tell us also about the, your uh, little drunken live stream my <laughs> friend oh god i'm so corny uh so did you watch it did you see it i watched some of it yeah did i seem <laughs> drunk um i caught a little couple of little, like slurry no things. you weren't like yeah, you weren't like out of your mind. No, no. God. No, you just seemed like you were just like living your best life and just like enjoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um You're just full of joy. Was that Friday night? I think it was Friday or Saturday yes. night. So I uh my Liz and I went to our friend's house and Friday it, night. It was Friday, Friday night. Friday, yeah, because I'd had a very long Because I FaceTimed you. Uh yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> On the way to the house. Yeah. And then you are a full Linda as I'm trying to walk into the house. You're just like, I, oh, one more thing. One more story. One I more know, story. I know. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> no, I loved it. I just, I missed you. I know. I missed you too. See, we can't go more than a week. It's gay. I know. It's so bad. Uh, anyway, so we went there and I, I told Liz on the way over, I was like, listen, I'm the one that's drinking tonight. 
because we don't do the <laughs> the drunk driving. So yeah, um, you always alternate. But I should say on record, I do owe her one because now I've been the one to get drunk at that house twice, which she mm. let me know. So she is the next. <laughs> we try to do if like, you know, we have a lot of couple friends, but there's mm-hmm. usually like the anchor friendship, right? So sometimes yeah. if it's Chris, then he's the, I, I, I'll be right. the DD. Right, right, right. If it's his friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. we live closer to my friends now, so that's not as fair. So I'm yeah. I'm fine with that. Um, so we went there, had dinner, had margaritas, skinny girl margaritas, which they, do, they never taste as good as they should, mm-hmm. but that's why they're less calories. So... I'm always like, yes, just based on them being super easy, that's why I like to get it. It's like just pour it in a fucking thing, but it's like something's missing. So anyway, (laughs) had some of those, had a little buzz on, got home, and Liz was like, from her one beer, was like, "Mm, I'm going to bed. Like, she was just really, really tired. She turns into Mm. a pumpkin around 930, so. She's so precious. She really is. So she went to bed, and I was like, we got beers in the fridge. I'm just going to keep this like just ease into your weekend ride this wave right Mm. and so as soon as i started on my first beer i was like i'm gonna fucking live stream on instagram so i just i didn't live stream i like took questions and like actually answered them with my face and not just uh typing because typing was you know my face (laughs) not as not as fun or easy at that uh juncture so so yeah, that's uh, that's what happened, and it was really it. fun, and I got lots of questions, and people left suggestions for an episode I should watch of How I Met Your Mother. Full disclosure, didn't watch anything. Talked to you guys and went the fuck to bed because I'm old as shit. So, <laughs> so that's how that worked. Yeah, we've been trying to go to bed by like nine. Ooh, <laughs> we get up so early. Yeah, yeah. No, so. I, I mean I would like that, but I'm just like awake. So because season three is winding down, um, Kate and I will have a couple week off, couple weeks off from doing our regular episodes mm-hmm. until the new year. Um, and we've got some really fun Patreon mini-sodes planned, including yeah. Stumptown, Kobe Smolder's new uh, TV show. It looks pretty good. I'm excited for it. It's I'm the most excited for this. And I have been for anyone else's like projects, I think. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Lemony Snicket's is just fun to watch, but it's not mm-hmm. like I don't know. And and Rise was okay, but this seems yeah. like watching Robin kick ass every it's episode. So much fun. I'm ready. I think she's like a perfect comic book character. So yeah, um, yeah. So it airs. The pilot airs next week mm-hmm. um so i'm thinking of doing a mini-sode either with you or with liz whoever is available um but we can take that offline and figure it out and then share it on the page and then we'll have some other and we'll have some other uh mini-sodes ahead as well and yeah like caitlin said um we're going to be taking the, the holidays off uh, so the season three should be wrapping up just around Thanksgiving time. So uh, we'll be off through the new year. We hope you can all handle that. And we'll be doing some brainstorming and content creation and stuff in the meantime. So we will not be doing nothing for the podcast. But it, oh God, no! Um, you might just hang out with us on Twitter and, and not as much um, full episodes. 
Maybe we'll do extra live streams. Yeah, maybe we'll get some stuff going. We'll see. We'll see where the world takes us. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's our time to just kind of like see what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Keep keep this friendship. Feed the friendship. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. And then also uh, get some stuff ready for Patreon twenty twenty. Twenty twenty, dude. Dude, stop. It's fucking crazy. I remember when two thousand was like. Gonna Crazy kill sounding. us all? Yeah. Yeah. Y2K was serious. I know. No one's talking about the Chris world Chris plays hockey with a kid who was born Shut in March fuck. 2000. That's disgusting. It's honestly homophobic. I know. Honestly. Uh, James Vanderbeek, a.k.a. Simon, is apparently on Dancing with the Stars and fucking crushed it. I don't know how I feel about seeing him gyrate. <laughs> You know what he reminds me of? Oh, no. Like, his face reminds me of a California raisin, but smooth. So still like a grape, I guess. <laughs> a California grape. So, but like, yeah. but like, uh, fucking Napa Valley, is it like, or just like your basic green grape at the Grosch? <laughs> Probably Napa. <laughs> Probably Napa with a fine dust on it, you know? Yeah. A nice, a nice uh, Pinot grape. <laughs> but isn't his face like so long i his head man that's what i mean like just like a california raisin they were just a head with yeah. like like a little kid drawing with arms and legs attached he's like a head and then like a small face on the head <laughs> right like, somebody, like that one on photo booth yeah, but it's a small face. It's the Panzer Beak. I gotta do the fucking Simon with the small face. Oh, I forgot to do this fucking Simon. No I one do- did the Simon, so it's fine. Well, you know what? Because it's really fucking intimidating. That's why it's hard to do. See? Simon was right. I know. I was like, you know what? He's, out, gonna- he's out here saving lives. Go. 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 <laughs> This is really effective for a podcast. They can definitely see everything we're doing. But they can imagine it. They can imagine it. Um, But people apparently loved it. Uh, We talked about the fact that he has five children. And Mm -hmm. uh, Twitter was all abuzz saying, after watching him move, no wonder he has five kids. So so, uh, I'm looking for a video of it because I don't watch that show. But if anyone has a video of just him gyrating, I would just love to see it. For science. He gyrates? I mean, it's fucking... Oh, he tangos. It's ballroom dancing. Do you see it? Is there a video? Yeah, I just... Did you Google... Oh, my God. They called it glute force. Oh, God. I Googled it the day after, so maybe they didn't have it up yet. James Vanderbilt They dance tango. a passionate tango. <laughs> All right. Oh, so God. So now you get to start, watch my face for a reaction. It starts in a fucking hat. Oh, my God. <laughs> and a vest. Oh, wow. He's smooth. Yeah? Caitlin's... Yeah. Caitlin's getting aroused. No, oh, not at all. His face is way too long. But he does have a nice head of hair. Yeah, he really still does. Which is not common for these uh, these gents out here as they get older. Like, he's he's smooth with his, you know. All right, well, I'll watch that later. I don't have time for this right now, and neither do you. But, I mean, at the, <laughs> I feel like he just, like, stands and, like, spins and catches the women. Well, that's the dude's role. Uh, but unless yeah. they're like super gay and then they're really hamming it up, really chewing that scenery, you know what I mean? Yeah. Good for them. Good for them. Milk it for all it's worth. Mm-hmm. I say. Anyway. Anyway, back on track. So, yeah, stay tuned. 
to this very long episode of us chatting about nothing that has to do with the goat. Um, Just kidding. We'll get back on track now. Um, But stay tuned at the end of the episode to uh, hear legendary moments from listeners just like you. And maybe it's even you, listener. Maybe it's you. Maybe it is you. But for now, let's get into the goat. This episode of Hey Beautiful is brought to you by our Patreon Almighty Five Level members, Russell, Tish, and Johnny. Thank you all for your support, and to all of our patrons, you are truly legendary. Hey Beautiful Patreon members get cool Himium-themed perks every single month, from bonus episodes to fun new recipes to private live streams with us. To learn more and sign up, visit patreon.com slash heybeautifulpod. This is Season 3, Episode 17, The Goat. It first aired on April 28, 2008, and was written by Stephen Lloyd. So remember him from Season 2? He wrote Brunch. Perfect. Spoiler alert. Yes. Mm. So once I remember that he wrote Brunch, some of the reveal of the story definitely makes more sense to me. I could see... It see his hand in this. That's right. I was wondering as I was watching it and and they had that sort of out of order reveal, yep. right? I was like, ooh, I wonder which of them did it. It almost felt like a Carter and Craig episode, right? I agree. I was actually a little surprised that it wasn't. Especially with the mention of Stella. Like, I feel like they have been the ones sort of keeping her alive while mm. she's nowhere. Yeah. Like, nowhere since they nowhere, started nowhere. dating. So, um, yeah. I, I talked was she doing that. something else at this point? I wonder, because they also don't, like, have her that much in the story. So yeah. I don't know if it was, like, she was contract like contracted for a certain number of episodes this season or mm. a scheduling thing made them have to work around that. But it doesn't it doesn't feel like they're serious at all at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so Stephen Lloyd, this is it for season three, but we'll see him again early in season four with Intervention. Oh. Um, yeah. Great He's episode. written some of my favorite episodes looking at his list. He's got a really strong roster. Um, but he, And he's also a producer for Modern Family. Oh. And his brother is Christopher Lloyd. No relation. Oh. And he's married to Arlene Sorkin. No relation to Aaron Sorkin. What the fuck? <laughs> That's so weird. But Christopher, I know two like, famous names and no relation. Christopher Lloyd did a bunch of stuff. Not not the actor. He's like a yeah. producer or something. Yep. And they're brothers. Our director was our girl Pam Freeman. Pam, yay. Woo-hoo. And of course... This episode has to do with the bro code, so there is, of course, of course, of course, a blog post. The first bro code appearance. Yeah. Right? This is, like, the thing that they've... He's talked about his rules, but this is the first time we have seen the bro code and learned the genesis of the bro code. It's an excellent story. Yeah. Yep. Totally (laughs) true, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Very, very true, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um... One thing I noticed while watching this episode that it was hard for me to think about how old the characters are mm. um, because when we watched the show when it was first airing, they were older than us, but now <laughs> yeah. we are older than them. I know. So I felt shook when future Ted said that it was his 30th birthday. I know. But also it's like, of course they're younger than us. They're still being fucking stupid. Yeah, that's you true. Know? I would. Yeah. <laughs> That is very, Makes that's a sense. very good point. They're definitely making late 20s decisions at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They got to be made, though. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it's uh, Ted's 
30th birthday, so that means we get to finally hear about the goat. Mm. And we see this goat all alone, like, just bowing in the bathroom. And it reminded me of the goat that I told you about down the street from me at the farm. Remember I told you there's a baby goat and it was all by itself oh, and it was yeah. just crying and it, I, it hurt my heart so bad. And then I had read that goats shouldn't be alone. Wah. And then I didn't That's see right. the goat for a while. And then I saw it again with another friend and they're always on a picnic table. Oh yeah. They love being on top of stuff. It's so cute. They're so cute. Um, I have a different goat story, which is on the other spec- end of the spectrum. So it'll make people laugh. Um, so my friends, this is a hearsay story. My friend went to this ice cream place that had like a petting zoo, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, it's kind of like run down and a little bit gross. (laughs) And what petting zoo isn't? Yeah. Right. Especially like an ice cream place where it's like 18 year olds fucking scooping cones. That's disgusting. I don't want to touch a wild animal and then use my hand. Children are not washing. Not, not properly. That's, that's salmonella right there. So she goes to this ice cream place and there's these goats. And so she and her husband go over, they're watching these goats and it's really, really sweet, right? And then one of the goats starts peeing. Oh. And then another goat another goat comes up and starts drinking, drinking the pee it. as it's coming out of the goat and then starts gargling it. Isn't that disgusting? Yeah. Animals are foul. It's really gross. Like, just imagine seeing a goat, like, gargling. My friend has goats. She told me that they do that. Yeah, they're fucking foul, man. I don't like their, like, rectangular pupils. Yeah, right? That unnerves me a little bit. But anyway, this goat is going to be terrorizing the bathroom, allegedly on Ted's 30th birthday, right? Yep. We first got reference of the goat Mm. back in season one. Isn't that wild? Yeah, so this is a very, a very long play for this goat here. Mm-hmm. Really, really building to something amazing. We assume. Right. Yeah, and even uh, future Ted tells us that even you know this weekend was infamous, but you mm-hmm. know started off at any other. So you know, like this goat story should be good. Yeah. Um, but it started off just like any other. Barney wakes up in some girl's bed and the camera pans up from the foot of the bed and we see Robin and Barney side by side mm-hmm. the morning yeah. after. Yeah. So if there was any question that last episode ended with them banging, those questions it, are gone. <laughs> yep. It's pretty clear. Yep. And Barney and Robin kind of have this, they go through this like little rundown, um, and talk about what would usually happen after Barney slept with some girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but this isn't just some girl. This is Ted's ex-girlfriend. Yeah. It's Robin. Not just yeah. any ex-girlfriend. It's Robin. Mm-hmm. And Robin just slept with her ex's really good friend. <laughs> A perfect moment to deploy that, I that recurring theme. An awkward situation for sure. And clearly the only thing to do is pretend like it didn't happen. But I love before they can officially just put it behind them, Barney calls Robin to uh, over to brag about nailing the chick from Metro News One. Well, I mean, that is getting back to normal, right? Yeah. Because that's what he would have done. Yeah. And when he does that, it feels like he's going to be the one that doesn't have a problem keeping this secret Mm -hmm. because it's like, okay, 
guess everything's going to be fine. They both agree not to care about it, right? But we find out, and Barney finds out, that it's a lot harder than he thought. Mm-hmm. And we see, you know, the whole group at the bar, and there's a lot of conversations happening, and everything is a sexual innuendo. So Ted starts asking Barney how it feels, because he's the first one to, you know, penetrate that barrier. And mm-hmm. it always makes you think Ted knows what's happening, or, um, you know... There could be some sort of other, like, sexual undertone. Classic uh, misunderstanding, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, You know, they're the first ones to hit it at this table. And then Marshall chimes in that he's going to be, you know, it next. And Rob's like, yeah, you are. And that's when it gets real confusing. (laughs) Yeah. Ted reminds Barney that it's his birthday on Friday and Mm -hmm. makes this joke about, like, you know, oh, come on. Like, what kind of friend are you anyway? And Barney feels very attacked. Yeah, yeah. And has to remind Ted that he's a very good friend, by the way, the best. Right, right. And I, I thought that little, the the penetrating the barrier and all the yeah. double entendres was very much like the bridal shower mm. when Grandma Lois is describing the sewing machine, yeah. but she doesn't realize she's holding a giant vibrator. Dildo, yeah. So cl- classic moment. And it's also great character development here of Barney. Yeah. To use surprise and humor <laughs> to sort of shake up the predictability because you think Barney's just like a chew and screw kind of guy. Mm-hmm. But this shows that he has a conscience. Yeah. In a, you know, in the, his own Barney way. But I mean, there are multiple reasons that he's like shooketh about this. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it, it was cool to see them just making Robin the the really cool as a cucumber one for a little while. Yeah. And letting Barney squirm. It was very fun. Speaking of, like, Robin being calm, cool, and collected, she decides to go to the bar to get a drink, and Barney follows her, and is, he's just <laughs> having a meltdown. And she's just like, what happened? What are you talking about? And totally playing dumb. And eventually Ted comes up, and he's like, hey, guys, I know. I know. And they kind of like, you know, it's a little nerve wracking for just like half a second before Ted mm-hmm. relieves them by saying he knows about the surprise party. And he promises to act surprised, but don't forget to invite Stella. And then Barney's very loud about his new girlfriend and how, what do you say, it makes this one look like a, a b- filthy bag of garbage. Filthy bag of garbage. Really, <laughs> really yeah. nice. Well, we also get a hint there that maybe it'll be Marshall that tells, right? Because Marshall spilled the beans about the surprise party. So now you're like, okay, it's either going to be Marshall or Barney Mm -hmm. who is the loose lips here. Or even Lily, if Marshall tells her, if if Marshall finds out. Like, it does not seem like Robin's going to be the one. So, again, Mm -hmm. it's building that surprise in, which is very cool. Yeah. So then we cut to Marshall at the apartment, and we're reminded that he is now jobless. He quit Nicholson, Hewitt, and West, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So he quit uh, the law firm, so he is now, quote-unquote, focused on the job hunt, but mostly playing Guitar Hero. And we also learn that Barney has apparently been asking Marshall to be his butler Mm -hmm. while he's been (laughs) unemployed, and I can only imagine what a gross job that that would end up being. Like... Yeah, no. You know, feels like an around the clock situation yeah. with a lot of uh, night hours. Mm-hmm. Woof. Uh, but now Barney actually wants him for his law skills, and um, 
he's on the street and he's frantic and he's like checking his pulse. And I wonder if there was like a little scene cut here because we don't see him running. So I don't know what maybe he like saw Ted on the street and ran from him. I don't know. But there's like a moment where I'm wondering why he's checking his pulse. If it's just because he's like having an anxiety attack, maybe. Or if there was like a little bit cut. I'm not sure. Good catch. Marshall decides to take the job, whatever it is. Because uh, he's clearly fucking bored. And over at Ultracell, Marshall thinks his job is the is the dossier that's been left out while Barney was out of the office, um, which is some sort of a contract that, if not executed properly, would mean we are at war with Portugal, which is just like the most random country yep. for something like this. And this is the first hint this episode that Barney's job is a full nightmare. I mean, we already know. Yeah. But there's a couple moments here where you start to realize it's, yeah, it's it's pretty terrible. Barney shreds that contract in his brand new shredder, and he starts talking about Sky Mall, and you look around, and his whole office is full of shit. I couldn't even tell what half of it was. Yeah, which is there's true a, of Sky Mall. Right. There's, like, this, like, um... This, like, box on his desk that almost looks like it's two burners or two speakers. Mm. I couldn't tell what that was. Turntables? I have no idea. Um, my favorite thing, of course, is the hot dog toaster. So SkyMall no longer sells it, by the way. But what? Amazon does. <gasps> you get it for 20 bucks. I want one so bad. I need a hot dog toaster in my life. Uh, Liz is going to be pissed, but... I Like, we're trying to, like, downsize and, you know... Be more minimalist, and I would use it twice, maybe. Would that not spark joy? <laughs> it's I. I still have the tab up. I keep looking at it. It comes in aqua. <laughs> do you want to red? Sh- want to like share it? <laughs> like share custody? You want to go halves on a fucking hot dog? Toaster? It does cook two at one time. Hey, come on, we can, man. We can each only eat one at a time, anyway. So that's and true. By the company is nostalgia. Oh, so we would each have one and then have another one toasting while slamming the dog. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we should just get it and do a review of it. I agree. I got 20 bucks. I got 20 bucks. That sounds like a way to spend some Patreon money to me. (laughs) It's for science. It's for the podcast. It is for science. It's for the fans. It's for the fans. Okay, we're going to do a review of the hot dog toaster. I really I can't wait. wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah, it'll be great. I'm sure Liz is like, no, from the other side of the wall yeah. right now, but that's fine. We learned that Barney is a compulsive Sky Mall shopper when he's upset. And I don't blame him. They got some cool shit besides the hot dog toaster. I remember being the only thing I remember from Sky Mall is the uh, pee pads that they would have for dogs where it looks like grass. Mm-hmm. For like people that are gone for like days at a time, like for business, it's like horrible. It like yeah. sort of really upset me. <laughs> these poor inside dogs. You. These poor dogs are like just inside for three days, just taking a shit on fake grass. It's oh. like end stage capitalism is terrible. But Marshall doesn't want to hear anything Barney has to say because no, this is not about Portugal. It's not about the drinking water in Lisbon. It's about something else, and he can't even tell Lily. Or Ted. And that's mm-hmm. when that's when Marshall's like, nope, I'm out. I can't keep a secret. I don't want that. I don't want that weight on me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love this bit that they do where he puts his fingers in his ears and he starts singing really loud so he can't hear him. And then 
Barney throws this sky mall vase at him, which I always thought was a bowling ball. I it looks I remember like to it me as a bowling ball, like um, that block shape sorter toy. That's what it reminds me of. That what? Um, a shape sorter, like, like for you do kids, a square and a square hole situation. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Like just the weird shape of it, with and because it, yeah. it had like some holes in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I always remember it was a real it as a simple puzzle. Yeah, <laughs> simple puzzle. It's nice. No pressure, you know. It's, yeah, it's good for the self esteem. So Bar- Barney throws it at him, and he has to catch it. So he unplugs his ears, and he drops the bomb that he slept with Robin. Dang. And uh, having yeah, and then the toaster pops up, which is right just, on cue. Cuts right through that. And um, having watched this a billion times, there's no shock for it uh, to me anymore. Um, But just thinking about the group dynamics here, Ted, it's like Ted didn't just date Robin. He was in love with Robin. Like everything was about Robin for two seasons and even into season three. And this is just a huge blow to him. And the whole group dynamic, and it's already hard for Marshall to keep a secret and to keep one from his very best friend, Ted, who's always so honest with him. Yep. It's a lot for Barney to ask just yeah. to feel better. And um, we all know that Robin and Ted didn't end because Ted didn't love her anymore. Right. They ended because they just didn't have that that compatibility. The timing. The timing. Yeah. And... um. They just didn't want the same things. And we know mm-hmm. that he's st- on some level. We know that even though there's Stella, right? I wonder if they've sort of kept Stella out because this they still want the needed, possibility. This still needed to feel real fresh mm. um, because they haven't developed that relationship very much. So you're still like Ted's in love with Robin. Yeah. You know, Stella's not that important yet. He's still Robin still has her hooks in him. So this is. If you think about it, it's not just Barney having sex with Robin. Um, it's it's going to blow up the whole group. Mm-hmm. Or ha- it has the ability to do that. Part of why Barney wants Marshall to be his attorney is yep. for the that privilege. So uh, it prevents Marshall from disclosing uh, any of the confidential communications between himself and his client. And also to prove... Yeah, also, yeah. so wrong. like that's the thing. That's what we find out has been just eating Barney alive is that he feels so guilty about breaking the bro code. And he wants Marshall as his attorney and his lawyer to prove he didn't do anything wrong. But Marshall points out it's a, not a legal document. It's just something Barney came up with. Mm-hmm. Um, so, of course, he didn't break any laws. But it wasn't Barney, we find out. We had mm. the origin story of the bro code. It was Barnabas Stinson. All the way back in 1776. Yep, we have an old-timey scene between Ben Franklin and George Washington. Mm-hmm. And I love the like little bits of language, like how they made like fun like common things today old-timey like cod piece blocked. Yeah. Cock blocked, you know. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> George Washington says he has to go to me DC. <laughs> We have our founding fathers there deciding that there needs to be a set of rules so you mm-hmm. can't get cock blocked. Yep. And 
you know, being the founding fathers, they're super busy, but, you know, it needs to be done. And that's when we see Barnabas Stinson, who volunteers. He's got some wenches on his arms. And fun fact, this is from IMDb, completely unverified. The pink dress worn by one of the wenches um, is the same dress worn by Buffy in the Halloween episode of <gasps> the second season. Are you serious? Yeah, when oh everyone is turned into their costumes. I fucking love that episode. Oh, really? You can watch that one completely out of context and you'd love it. Okay. Yeah. Well do. Oh, my God. I love that episode. That's so cool. I'm s- yeah. Sad I didn't notice it, but that's mm-hmm. awesome. Very and then cool. I started thinking, like, well, duh, they don't, of course they reuse costumes. They don't just, like, make one of those things, like, just for that one scene in this one show, this one right. time. Right. I love it. I don't know. I never really, not that I thought that, but I never thought about it. Right. And something uh, that comes up, this has come up, uh, the phrase has come up twice <coughs> in this episode. So we know that it's a thing, Brett Kavanaugh, the devil's three-way <sighs> Or what Kavanaugh would consider the devil's triangle, two dudes. <laughs> he was like, no, that's not what that means. It's not, a, it's not a sexual term. It's like, you fucking idiot. It is. Just own it, you piece of shit. Because what that really means is that two dudes sexually assaulted one girl to you. I mean, there is such thing as just two guys having sex with one girl. Completely consensual. But yeah. the fact that you won't even own up to that being that what be- that means... Whatever. <sighs> Impeach Kavanaugh. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so Barnabas Stinson volunteers to write the bro code, and he's going to write it on the back of the Constitution to save paper. And that's when he makes the provision about uh, eye contact during a devil's three-way. <laughs> yeah, right. And Ben and George awkwardly look away after each of them second it. Woof. Ugh. It's quite a, quite an implication about our founding fathers. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Barney's upset because the bro code clearly states no sex with your bro's ex. And mm-hmm. he needs those bad feelings to go away. And the way to do that is for Marshall to find a way out of it, for him to say, no, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Marshall, you know, suggests that he talk to Ted about it. Um, right. Be- like a you know a grown up would do because he's just avoiding the confrontation and that awkward, awful situation. Right. He just really lays it out pretty plainly that this is this is something that you know he's he's hurt Ted. He doesn't mm-hmm. Ted doesn't know yet, but he has hurt Ted, and he cannot unpack the guilt that he's feeling. He's just not. He's not equipped for those emotions, but hanging out with all these good people is softening him because I don't know if this would have bothered him, you know, five or six years ago. Would he have had a friend close enough five or six years ago? Right. That's right. He's let people in and now it's (sighs) he's still sabotaging his whole life, sadly. Over in Lily's classroom, we haven't seen her in the teacher sphere uh, lately, in a while. she looks really cute in this like brown dress with the big buttons, right? I love it, and her hair looks adorable too. I think it's an iconic look of hers for sure. Uh, they have a class visitor, Farmer Frank, with a goat named Missy, and I love his, the line that his breath smells, smells like, like medicine because he's got a cold. Of course, we all we adults know that means he's a fucking drunk, mm-hmm. but I just love it. And um, the kids want to know when they're going to see Missy again. But the farmer 
decides to tell them what is really going to happen to Missy, which is that she's going to get sliced and diced in about an hour. So <laughs> it's a great pan of like all the kids' faces just being horrified as he's explaining it. And of course, they plead with uh, Lily not to let it happen. And she buys that goat, which is probably pretty expensive. Especially if he's going to sell it to a butcher. Right, for all the parts. Like, it's not just like a milking goat. That's that's real money that came out of that kindergarten teacher's pocket with a husband with no job. So uh, she brings the goat back to the apartment and turns out they're stuck with it until Monday, which is when the animal rescue can actually come and get it. And uh, the goat immediately takes a shit on the floor, which does come back around. Mm-hmm. And... Um, <laughs> This is when we start, I mean, we saw the goat at the beginning of the episode and there was like that suspenseful music, but now it's like starting to happen more and more. Here we hear future Ted start, you know, what the goat did, did in that bathroom was so, but then like trails off. I love how, I love too when like the goat just like is staring at the camera too and like real close. The dramatic Oh, this, yeah, right. That's Remember some that? of my favorite videos of yeah. all time. Dun, 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 dun. Dun. <laughs> so good. And it turns in the simpler times of the internet, right? Yes. So it, good. Oh. Yeah. So Love. they're building our suspense, and there does come a point where it's like, wait, they have no time to deliver on this, right? Like towards the end of the episode. You're like, what the fuck is this going to be? But for now, we're still like, ooh, goat's coming. Um, And what could a goat be doing in a bathroom that was so crazy, right? So Robin comes in, and she immediately notices a goat turd and names it as such. Uh, And then Marshall comes in, and he also knows it's a goat turd. And Liz and I were both like, oh, he's from Minnesota, and she's from Canada. Like, they're both hunters, and they come from, like, a more rural place, so that would be why. Like, Lily probably wouldn't know what a goat turd looked like. Mm-hmm. But Robin comes in, easy breezy. Marshall comes in and is just so rattled and trying not to talk about what he's hiding. Um, and this is just moments after he's been with Barney, and this is probably a day or two after they slept together. And this is the moment we come back to later. So really, Ted finds out pretty early that mm-hmm. they slept together. I mean, this is something that they they could have sat on, but it was like a prisoner's dilemma thing where they just like the each of them thought the other one was going to say something and it just like exploded. Mm-hmm. So um, Robin knows that Marshall knows. Yeah, it's clear from everything he's, his jitters he's, he's got serious jitters she follows him into the kitchen and he's like shaking this soda in his hand right and that's like an important signal to us mm-hmm. when the scene comes back later that it's this moment um she threatens she basically threatens marshall and is like none of this ever happened and you can never tell ted do not ever tell him um marshall's clearly very scared and, yeah, then uh, we cut away from that moment, and we think that that's all that happened, right? Mm-hmm. We think that's the end of the story, that Marshall got threatened and no one said anything. And now we're sure it's going to be Marshall. That tells Ted. Oh, yeah, he's a hot mess. Yeah, he's ready to literally explode. Um, we cut back to Barney talking to somebody on the phone and sh- just shredding, like, folder after folder, and then... Looks a little unnerved after he hangs up the phone and decides to shred that, too. Do we know what language it was? No, I didn't um, look it up. 
Let me see. But I don't know if it's the uh, North Koreans, their friends. That's what I was thinking that it might be. That it might be Korean. Because he's, um, he's talked about getting yelled at in Korean before. Exactly. Um, and the toy factory in Pyongyang, which is which is North Korea. So I wonder if that's the language he was speaking. Um, if anyone knows, uh, please write in and let us know what language yeah, that let was. Let us know. Yeah, yeah, give us a give us an yeah. Email. Anytime, anytime you hear like another language, I always wonder what they're saying. So if mm-hmm. you speak it, like later in the episode, we hear another language. Mm. Uh, I think it was Farsi. I read. Oh, was it? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought he was from Bangladesh. That's Farsi what I read. Is on- from Iran, right? IMDb. I would assume it would be Bengali, but anyway, tell us. I'm not even going to pretend that I know. Two foreign epi- two foreign languages in this episode. Mm-hmm. If you speak either one or know which either one sounds like, let us know. Because yeah, we don't right feel like in. Googling it. Slide into our DMs. Slide into the DMs. Marshall comes in with the sad, sad news that this bro code is iron fucking clad. And there's nothing he can do. But Barty needs a loophole. Right. To feel better. Well, to feel better, yeah. He thinks. He thinks. That's that's his remedy for this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's nothing. And so Barty decides to switch tactics and to see how Ted has broken the bro code. But Marshall's already one step ahead. Right. And had done that work. And he said he's like, actually, Ted's the ultimate bro. Mm. <clears throat> he upholds the bro code again and again. And we have a couple scenes where we get to witness... Ted being the ultimate bro. Like uh, Article 87, a bro should at all times say yes. And we get a this ridiculous story mm-hmm. where Barney saved Ted from an avalanche and carried him six miles on a broken leg. And then he's a pre-op transsexual nightclub singer who used to be a member of a Russian mob, um, alerting the bro to an existence of a girl fight. And I love the timing of that scene. We see Barney like, yeah. run out and Ted hasn't even finished his sentence and Barney's already yeah. at the bar. Carried on the wings of an angel to that yeah. place, you know? Yeah. My favorite yeah. is is the grabber, though. Like when he's... Yes. Got the, the next condoms. One. Article 53, a bro will, whenever possible, provide his bro with protection. Hmm. Yeah. The condoms, and then he comes, he's like, yeah, I wish you had some wine. He comes up, and <laughs> the, the grabber's like, come on. Yeah. Give me the come money. On. Pay up. I, I love, love that one, too. It's a good one. Uh, Marshall tries again to tell Barney mm-hmm. that his guilt is not about the bro code. It's because he knows what he did was wrong and that he hurt Ted, and he has to come clean. Yeah. And Barney looks so sad and vulnerable, and he's like, but what if he never talks to me again? Because he's never thought about the consequences of what happens when he sleeps with somebody because there has never been any. Because like you said, he's never had a friend like Ted. Yeah. This yeah. is, you know, and it's like, that's the root of all of this, this deflection is this, it's not even guilt, it's fear. It's fear mm-hmm. that he's going to lose his best friend. Yeah. It's very sad. I It really is. Oof, and God. Marshall tells him that like, he really just, he has to take that risk. He has to, Come he has to do it. Even if it sucks in the short term. So back to uh, Future Pred brings us back to the perfect date, April 25th. Mm-hmm. Um, it is Ted's 30th birthday or the day of the goat. So finally we get to hear, you know, we know this, this episode is starting day. to wind down. We still haven't really heard really what's happening about the goat. Right. Um, 
And we know that there's this big party up on the roof. And Lily is having the best time with Missy. <laughs> She's so cute with the goat. It warms my heart. I know. And meanwhile, Barney is picking up uh, Ted in a limo to take him to the party. But actually, Barney is taking him to the airport because he needs to prove how good of a friend he is by throwing him the ultimate 30th birthday party and flying him to Vegas on a private jet. And with nobody else, with nobody else, <laughs> yep. Uh, just the two of them. He books the Valderrama suite at the Bellagio, which I couldn't find anything about. I think it's just S- named after Wilmer Valderrama. Yeah, sure, but it's a joke. I know. I wanted to find like I wanted to some like gossip website about it. You know, like about yeah. like depraved sex acts there. <laughs> no, nothing. Steaks at Boa, which is closed. Oh, the um, Scotch at the Ghost Bar also closed. Wow. And then two ringside seats watching Floyd Mayweather go ten rounds, ten rounds with a grizzly bear. That's real, right? Yeah. Well, I did Jujal, Floyd Mayweather, and grizzly bear, and I saw something about like a Grizzlies Warriors game. Oh, mm-hmm. but I didn't really care about it, so I yeah. didn't bother yeah. clicking. I did a Google Light search. I didn't bother looking it's at not anything. Related. That's not related. Ted's really turned off by it. You can tell he's not excited. And Barney, you know tells Ted that he has to go to Vegas because Barney's got to tell him something and he wants Ted to be in the best possible frame of mind mm, when he tells him. hammered. Yes. And Ted looks at him and says, you slept with Robin. That's a fucking face crack. Uh-huh. And the limo then swerves and comes to a stop and the barrier comes down and it's fucking Ranjit who is also equally as angry and starts yelling at Barney. So everybody knows what a big fuck up this was. Well, at this point, Ted's like, chill. Mm-hmm. And Ranji is horrified. Yep. Absolutely horrified. So we know there's a piece of the story that we haven't heard yet, which is what we alluded to earlier in the episode when we talked about a Stephen Lloyd episode and how he does this really well, like during brunch. Um, this is a very small version of that because brunch was so complicated. Uh, but this is just uh, we're cutting back to that scene with the shaken soda, with that sort of reminder, that touchstone of the shaken soda. So we know as soon as Robin left that kitchen, that was when Marshall was cracking it. But sh- within a minute, she has told Ted that she slept with Barney because he brings out this photo of mm-hmm. their trip to Vermont. And he's like, oh, I don't know if you want it. And I think it's... Because that's another thing in the episode. He's going through things he has no use for anymore and throwing mm-hmm. them out now that he's 30. He's just right. going through his shit. Yeah. And that's like a very subtle uh, a subtle undertone of this whole thing is that he's doing that. He, he announces it in the beginning of the episode and then we see this, but we haven't seen much else of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like Robin in this moment realizes he is such a good guy. I cannot... I cannot lie to him like I have ha- have or would have lied to other men, mm-hmm. right? And so of all the people to tell this story, the least likely one does it. And that's just another home run for the writing team mm-hmm. of keeping us on our toes, surprising us, and doing the weird surprising thing and seeing what that means. Yeah. Because now we know Robin was suffering too. Mm-hmm. If she stayed cool the whole episode, it would have been a very boring Robin episode. 
which would have gotten no character development. But she seems to be developing a conscience too. And she's seemed like disheveled too. Like she was like mm. breathing heavy. Her hair looked frazzled. Like she just looked it was uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, I think seeing Marshall, Marshall's such a good guy. I think seeing him like that made her feel really guilty to have him in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like. Like they mm. they just do such a good freaking job of letting you sort of intuit what all the different characters are yeah. are feeling. So um so she just unravels and tells him everything. She she also tells him like how vulnerable she was. So I wonder if that affected uh Ted's decision at the end of this episode where he maybe thinks mm. That Barney took advantage of her to some degree. Um, it's like in the beginning of the episode when Marshall asks, Robin knows you slept with her, right? <laughs> Which was yeah. a, a funny line. Um, like, it, that's the kind of quote-unquote rape joke that, like, is is perfectly done. So here we get another reminder of that, like, okay, well, maybe she wasn't... Maybe they shouldn't have had sex, and maybe... It does seem like Barney's swooping in on her, even though we saw the scene. We know that's not what happened. But if you just see Barney's fucking the back of Barney's baseball card, as they say, mm-hmm. you might assume that he took advantage of a of a sad drunk girl because it's not the first time he's done that. <sighs> you know, um, not in a non consensual way, but in a, you know, get in there and and on those vulnerable girls and and with the daddy issues and you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. I think Ted hears this and sort of compartmentalizes Barney clearly, which we, we see later. Um, He says, he says to Robin, Ted says to Robin that it's weird, but he's not mad. Um, And that they can still stay friends. So with Robin, things seem cool. He had almost no reaction to it. Um, I think he was just in shock. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly. And, I I think he still cares about Robin in that more romantic way that he didn't want to um, embarrass himself with a reaction, say the wrong thing, or fuck up a chance for, like, a future reconciliation between the two of them. Um, so he played it very, very cool and kind of saved it all, saved it all for Barney. Because back in the limo, um, he starts out, um, and I wonder if he was going to try to get through this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. try to just let it go. Um, he push says, it down. You know what I mean? Just push it down like a good Midwesterner, uh, like a good Buckeye. And he says, we're not, not mad. We broke up a year ago. We both dated a lot since. Since I'm with Stella now. I'm fine with this. Um, but I think it's something about Barney immediately letting it go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and feeling like, absolved. What? Yeah. Uh, that he just fucking snaps. And it's just all comes out. He's like, oh, yeah, my mom's coming into town next month. Why don't you nail her, too? <laughs> and we've never seen Ted really angry before. Mm-mm. It's kind of amazing. And then you realize this isn't just him sleeping with his ex-girlfriend. It's sleeping with the girl that he chased for over a year. Someone he is still probably in love with. It's Robin. It's fucking Robin. And it's his 30th fucking birthday, which Mm -hmm. is like such a milestone and such. It feels like such a crossroads to people. Uh, You feel like when you hit 30, you're supposed to have your entire life figured out. Most dum-dums think that you're supposed to like 
graduate college, immediately get, get married, have kids, and by 30, you've got a house, you've got, like, middle schoolers. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's supposed to be this very linear trajectory, and when you aren't hitting those things, like Ted is not, I think it all it all builds up. And now this, you know, mm. it's just like everything together. Back on the rooftop, everyone's waiting for Ted. And I love they're all like crouched down and whispering because Ted's supposed to show up at any minute. They don't realize that Barney has taken him and is going towards the airport and isn't mm-hmm. five minutes away in, <laughs> the, in the limo. Right. Um but she, Lily's trying to convince Marshall to let them keep the goat because she's just so cute and fluffy. And I just. She's cute and furry and soft. I love the way she, she says it. Me too. Oh, she like Allison Hannigan here is just so adorable this episode. At her to me. cutest. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Robin chimes in very helpfully to say that, yeah, you know, after a couple of drinks, that <laughs> sounds like a good idea. But tomorrow morning you'll want. You know, you'll want her gone. Mm-hmm. And so Lily then says, oh, you should talk. You slept with Barney. So <laughs> now everybody knows. Everybody knows. And Lily had no qualms about just immediately making it clear that she, there was no, like, sitting on it at all. For no. Her. She, like, she's couldn't like, oh, wait to God. get it out. <laughs> she's like, whatever. And I love it because she's like, that's so disgusting. Was it amazing? <laughs> Did he have devices? Hot wax? Did he tie it anything? Is he all smooth down there? <laughs> like she just had rapid fire questions. She's so I love how thirsty she is. Yeah, she's like, it's Barney. You gotta be curious. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's the closest she'll right? ever get. And we know that Lily has a, a freak streak, so Yes. Which I just love so much about I her. Oh. Oof. So this is really tough. <sighs> this is really, really tough. Um, back in the limo. This is probably, since Lily and Marshall, this is like the roughest moment to watch, I think. It is. Yeah. Um, It really was tough. Ted has a lot of righteous anger. He says, there's three billion women on this planet. You have to sleep with the one I dated for a year. Barney's guards is down. He's being very honest. He's saying, I'm horrified that it happened, too. Um, They get in a little bit of a slap fight. And Ranji's like, hit him, Ted, hit him. So <laughs> we know what team he's on. So Barney agrees, um, like a child, that in order to get past this, because he keeps thinking there's like an easy way. There's an yeah. easy fix. A quick fix, too. A quick fix um, of first it's find a loophole. Then it's just tell him. Just tell him and he'll forgive you. And now it's if he hurts me, then it absolves that I hurt him. So it's one free shot. And this just made me think of like when me and my brother and sister were kids and we would be playing and one of us would get hurt by the other one. And the one who was crying was like allowed to hit the person who hurt them. Did you ever do that with Amy? Do you think I did that? <laughs> no. Fuck no. Our system was a lot more democratic than yours. So like if I accidentally uh, hit my sister too hard and she started crying, like if we were all play fighting and I yeah. hit her and she started crying, I'd be like, you can hit me. Don't tell mom. You know, like it was a, <laughs> it was like a fair trade, like a mutually assured destruction thing. So I love it. That's all I could think of is like, they're such brothers. Right. Which is sad because yeah. they do this very brotherly thing. And then, yeah. No, so Eskimo brothers. Ew. I fucking hate that term. Me fucking too. Disgusting. I never heard it until like, Maybe like 10 years ago. I was old. It's fucking vile. So, isn't it? Um, 
Barney allows him one free shot, and Ted takes the shot in the nuts, which between men is... Is you don't do. That is like And nuclear. there's no hesitation. He just goes, bam! Wait, I know. It's so good. It's so funny. Um, and, and Barney thinks that now that he's survived the nut punch, that it's over. That that was all it took. Yeah. You know? And, um... He's just like, oh, great. We're past it. Let's go to Vegas. And Ted is like, I've seen you do bad things, but for some crazy reason, I thought I was the limit. And it's like, and you realize that this just makes him feel like he's another fucking pawn in Barney's life. And like, he's invested so much time into this guy and excused him and supported him and you know, like bolstered this fucking guy. And he's like, oh my God, you really are just a sociopath. And like Ted felt like their friendship was worth at least him being spared. Right. You know? Well, you always think, and I, and it's like being in a, in an abusive or relationship or a, a relationship with someone who's unfaithful. You think you're the exception. You think you're the yeah. one that can change them. Mm-hmm. You think that you're the one that's immune, but leopards don't change their spots. But this was not, We know, because we saw it, this was not a typical Barney situation. Mm -hmm. It really, really, really wasn't. Like, I don't think that he went into that, like, yes, Robin's fucking open for the kill, right? Like, it was a a thing where friends fell together. Yeah. But his track record... Not great. Not great. It does not help his case at all. Boy Who Cried Wolf. Barney, uh, Ted actually brings up the bro code. And he says, you've got all these rules about bros. Isn't this, isn't not doing this one of them? (laughs) Like, this exact thing? This must be. And Barney knows it is. And so Barney says he's sorry for the first time here, but it's just not enough because this betrayal plus the horrible Vegas birthday party, it's just all sinking in for Ted that, like, Barney doesn't know him. Mm -hmm. And Barney doesn't respect him. Mm -hmm. And he says, he reminds Barney, he reminds us that he's been, you know, getting rid of things that no longer serve him. Mm -hmm. And he says that he's outgrown Barney, basically. And he doesn't, it's not like, I never want to talk to you again. It's not like this vindictive thing. It feels like a, it feels like he's setting a a boundary. Yeah. Like a healthy boundary, which makes it even more sad because it feels more permanent. Yeah. You know, than just being angry. He's it felt just like, so bad to watch. It feels so bad to watch. And when Barney's like, what does that mean? Like his voice there is like yeah. all the Barney drops out of his voice sometimes. And this is one of those moments where he just like has this confusion to him. Yeah. That's like and really sad. vulnerable it's just and sad. And small. Like I picture him small. like as this SMOL. He's like, Do you not want to be bros anymore? And Ted's like, I don't want to be friends anymore. And that's like, like all the air knocked out for sure. That punch, yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. I think I think friend breakups are in the long run more devastating than most relationship Absolutely. breakups. Have you ever outgrown a friend and cut it off or ghosted on them? I think the people I am close with, I've remained close with. And it's just mm-hmm. more... I've refined the depth and level of friendship and that we've settled into like, it's mm. okay that we don't talk all the time or yeah. see each other. Yeah. But I don't think there's anyone I've really ever outgrown, outgrown. Mm. 
I have one friend from high school and it, it just, it just, the relationship never seemed to progress. Like, yeah, I felt like it was okay when I was in a horrible situation, but then when I wasn't in a horrible situation anymore and I was growing as a person, it just felt like a broken record. And I told her as much. I told her as much. And I was just like, I've been listening to the same stress from you, the same problem for, for, I think it was like 13 years at this point. And that's not even an exaggeration. 13, 14 years of the same complaint, the same problem. And I was like, I I can't do it anymore. I can't listen to this anymore. You feel crazy. I felt insane because I kept, I kept thinking I could help and change it and, and make things better. But I've learned this year, you just have to release people and release this, this illusion that you're holding on to that people are going to be different than they are. I expect nothing and accept everything. Yeah. That's in my fucking... Unfuck yourself. I love it. I love it. It's really good. Um, yeah. I so for me, like you are you're my like longest friendship, but like elementary or middle or high school, like I never had like really deep, deep friendships with a lot of people. With me anyone. Neither. Me neither. Because like I wasn't comfortable with myself. It's so so how could true. I have been uh, my, how could I have been myself and felt like, truly accepted um, by people if I didn't even, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So, I was always friends with girls that fucking hated me because I hated myself. Yeah. 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 Uh, and just so unhappy. And so the friendships that I have now and like my good, deep friendships I've all had and created as an adult or young adult. Mm-hmm. And I've maintained all of those and I haven't huh. outgrown any of those friendships. Right, because they're mature friendships. Yeah. So I didn't really develop any till late. I was a late friend bloomer. I know. And it's just different for different people. Like, mm. I used to think people who had, like, a huge group of high school friends were fucking, like, townies that never, like, advanced in their lives. But, I mean, I look at my sister. She has tons of friends from high school. And they've all got jobs and relationships like they've they've all made those steps they just found each other when they all actually knew who they were like yeah it doesn't mean that you peaked in high school it just means in high school sometimes you, it sometimes does. it sure does absolutely but it depends on the friend group absolutely very very true but there are cases where you just know who you are in high school and you are lucky enough to live in the same zip code with other people that you connect with i i I had a couple of those, but it wasn't a ton, Mm. you know, like I had, I had a few, but I was still in turmoil, my inner, inner turmoil. So I couldn't have, I couldn't have, um, really made great friendships. And it just showed, it showed in this one final friendship that was, that was hanging around. I just had to stop it. It was, it was, it felt like a fucking weight, you Uh, know, like I, I couldn't make it better. And mm-hmm. it wouldn't stop. Like the, it was just like relentless um, ne- negativity. And I just, yeah, it feels horrible. It it's feels exhausting. Ho- and then it's like you have all these jokes with each other, and you have all these things that you remember doing with each other for years and years and years. And it's like mm-hmm. all gone. And it's sad, but it's it's lighter. I had a a friendship. 
when uh, since we are five, or my sister was five, so it was like three, mm. and she was friends with this girl, and they were, and she was friends with both of us. Then she had a falling out with my sister, and I just like I'd always known who she was, but I really saw her for who she was, and I was like, "Fuck this!" I she's always been like a negative, negative, mm. negative person, and uh, brings you down. Never happy for other people. Hates herself and is so yes. insecure. Yes. It's an, it's this, it's this thing that uh, there's this, there's this ladder. It's not, it's not Maslow's hierarchy. It's some other ladder of like morality. Mm. And they say that if you, if you get to a certain rung, you like two or three rungs up from someone, you literally cannot understand or connect with the people three rungs down. Moral development. Yeah. And this might not be a morality thing, but it's like, if you're two to three rungs up in maturity from somebody, it you cannot relate to them. Their 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 stuff is fucking frustrating. And if somebody's yeah. two to three rungs up above you, you might think that they're a fucking snob or that they're like disconnected or rude or or something else. Like you cannot connect with each other. And that's that's just what it was. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she she told me the day before my wedding she wasn't coming by text. And this was supposed to be my best friend. And and just like for Ted, how this like built up and like exploded in this moment, that was the moment where I was like, we are not friends. We're not friends with each other. Like this and, is And shitty. we haven't been friends and for a long been. time. We've grown apart and that's okay, but this is going to fucking suck when I have to do this. And so I didn't respond. I didn't respond then. I was fucking painting palettes and shit for my wedding. It was like a week or so later when we were, you know, on our honeymoon up in Maine that I was like, this really hurt me. And it just started the breakup. And it was very sad. Very, very sad. And it still sucks. But I feel I feel lighter and I feel like I'm I there's just so much less negative negativity. You know, you got to create those boundaries even when it sucks, because in the long run, it's the right thing. It's just how it is. Anyway, so Ted has Ranjit pull over so he can get out. And um, that went about as bar- badly as Barney can ex- could have expected. His his fear was realized. Ted doesn't want to talk to him ever again. Doesn't mm-hmm. want to be friends with him. And it's more of an, an a boundary, an apathy than a hatred, right? And that's even more damning. It's worse. It's worse. So... Um, Ted's clearly really, really upset, but he still goes home, still goes up to the roof and fakes being surprised. And, you know, I'm sure Stella's there, even though we don't fucking see her the whole episode. And Barney sits in the limo. He can't even drink his scotch. Mm -hmm. And I just wrote in caps, this feels worse than Robin and Ted breaking up and almost as bad as Marshall. As bad as William. Yeah. Almost as bad, you know? And I mean, it, it could feel worse because they could never talk again. This isn't like true love right this is Mm -hmm. friends and i mean this could be it for the two of them we'll see and i mean this is gonna fuck up if ted sticks to it this is how is this gonna affect the group right does everyone have to hate barney now right we'll see um yeah oof god and i wrote like barney's all alone limo and there's some music playing and kate will know what (laughs) I think it's just some of um, Jonathan Swihart's just the, the composer stuff. Yeah, I'm not sure though. 
Let That's me like look I should. I'll look I it should up. look something up. Um, but so just before the credits, wait. This episode's of the goat. We <laughs> have to talk about the goat. Future Ted almost forgot. So he starts to tell the story about what the goat did to one of Robin's, and then mm-hmm. Future Ted realizes that. Robin wasn't living there when he was 30. It was his 31st birthday. So Mm. first of all, teaser this whole fucking episode about this great goat story. But more importantly, Robin wasn't living there on his 30th birthday. She will be a year from now. What the fuck? What the fuck? What does that mean? Are they back together? How? What? What is going on? Oh, I forgot something. And I'm going to forget if I don't say it right now. When Barney is seducing that girl and Ted's using, like, the grabber to give him condoms, that mm-hmm. is definitely Marshall and Lily's apartment. Yes. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. That's, like, the window seat. The window, so yeah. So it's clearly when he's, like, fucking house-sitting for them and he had some girl over. Okay. As long as we both agree on that. Yeah, of course. Great. Perfect. So, yeah. So that, that this whole entire episode has been a setup for um, the the fact that clearly shit with Robin and Ted might not be over that there's something going on that brings Robin to be living there. Um, it's also a continuation of the theme that memory can be imperfect and unreliable, mm-hmm. which we will continue to see. Um, especially in one episode that drives me fucking nuts, but whatever. <sighs> Zoo or false. Anybody? Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, so we don't know what that means, but it is a way to draw us in. And they will do this a few more times where they set a flash forward and you're like, what the fuck is happening? And you're trying to look in that flash forward for clues, but they cover them really well. So you're just left wondering and having to to wait for a year from now to find out. Yeah. I love it. But just remember, it's never as simple as your own hopes and expectations, right? (laughs) If we've learned anything from watching three seasons of this show so far. How about it? Mm -hmm. (sighs) You ready for some legendary moments? I am. How about you? Yeah, there's like a nice reasonable number of them today. I know. I'm like, whew. And that should not be, I, I love an unreasonable number. It makes me feel really happy. But we have seven tonight, so we're going to get out of here quick. Yeah, my, my voice is starting I, to wane, so I'm happy to only have I seven. Know. Our first one comes from Sam, and Sam writes, In watching the episode, I had been wondering if Louise Marsh had been named for a Canadian athlete, Lou Marsh, and the Lou Marsh Award that is given to Canada's top athlete. I guess not, but still thought it was a cool connection. I forgot to say, Louise, did I talk about that, I thought? Louise Marsh is the... The, f- the cousin of somebody, Cut. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of Courtney Kang or Baby Pam Fryman, oh, one of the yeah, women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put that in there because I couldn't remember what the connection was, but okay. Oh, okay. I got it now, yeah. So that was, I can't really remember it as it was somebody was related or knew somebody. But maybe Louise Marsh is named after Lou Marsh, like the real Louise Marsh. Oh, maybe. Sounds like he's a pretty famous Canadian. I, yeah. You I never um, know. went to school with a girl named Mary Lou who was named after the gymnast. <gasps> Mary Lou Rutten. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Anyway, my legendary moment 
for the goat is the reveal at the end that Robin will be living in the apartment on Ted's 31st mm. birthday. I remember being really annoyed at not yet getting the full goat story that had been long promised when I first watched this episode, but I absolutely love when they throw in a little clue towards the future of the story. Hell yeah. Good one. Next up is Rick, who's one of our patrons. He's also a fucking lawyer. So we have like super smart people listening to this show. That's amazing. Right? Anyway, he says, hi, ladies. My legendary moment this episode is the series of scenes with Marshall recalling Ted being a bro for Barney, particularly Ted putting the extend a cloth through the window to get Barney's booze money. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I love the spread, the friend supporting and fun loving Ted. It'd be awesome to have that guy as a bro. And I feel like that having that scene in this episode, this is Kate talking, having that scene in this episode really built up what a loss this is for Barney. Mm. Right. Like Ted's a fucking gem. Anyway. Oh God, I'm sad. So, um, I know as opposed to the hard line and oddly self-righteous Ted, we see later in the episode when he explodes on Barney. Ooh, self-righteous. I mean, it was pretty warranted, I would say. Um, and then also how does the goat mix up gel with the rest of the episode? Old narrator Ted must be really blurring the story. If he was embedding goat references into the conversations that he remembers from his 30th. Very true. I think it's just a continuation, like I said, of that of that theme of memory is not predictable and they needed a way to tease the future, you know, and not just to leave this all sewn up, I think. But there are some where you're like, they painted themselves into a fucking corner and they're trying to get yeah. out of it, you know? Susan's legendary moment is when Ranjit um, is watching Ted trying to hurt Barney and yelling in the backseat, hit him, Ted, hit him. <laughs> yeah, you don't expect that from Ranjit, but it was amazing. All right, Tish says, hi, k and K. I'm not a fan of this episode. It's hard to watch. And um, I don't do well with confrontation. Uh, yeah, that's hard to stomach that. But my legendary moment is when Barney throws the ball at Marshall to make him hear the secret, mm. and then the hot dog toaster rings. It's just a nice random moment in an all-too-serious episode. Amen. This episode definitely needed those those little uh, punches of humor that you get. Started off, too, with um, I just slept with my ex's really good friend. Yeah, right. You Just these little you know? things. And then the whole ridiculousness of the goat thing. Like, it really needed sort of a, almost an absurd storyline to yeah. to balance out how how sad this other one is another one of our patrons bobby writes in hello ladies my legendary moment from the goat is how curious lily is about the experience of sleeping with barty i totally knew a guy a long time ago that i never would have let touch me but i was super curious as to what was so great about sleeping with him because it seemed like every girl i knew had done it hope (laughs) you're both well (laughs) did you ever find out bobby i'm curious too i always love the insult of i wouldn't fuck you with someone else's dick and (laughs) i feel like that's how I feel about Barney, you know? Yeah. I wouldn't let you fuck me through someone else's vagina. It doesn't really work in the reverse, but, like, there is that sort of ick factor with him, right? All right, so Abba wrote in, and she gave us a whole bunch because she just could not pick one, which I totally understand. So I just chose one of them, which she told us to do. Um, and that one is Lily's inappropriate questions to Robin when she learns Robin slept with Barney. So that's a really good one. Double it yeah, up. Yeah, it is. Our last legendary moment comes from Derek, who writes, My legendary moment from this episode has to be Marshall opening his drink and it spewing Mm -hmm. everywhere and then walking by and drying his head off 
and making that horse snort sound. <laughs> it cracks me up every time. Yeah. It's like a little like. Uh-huh. <laughs> very, very cute. All right. So uh, what's your legendary moment for this episode, Caitlin? The hot dog roaster toaster. Yay. How uh, about you? First of all, I need to order that right now. Amazon.com. I sent you the link. Oh, thank you. Perfect. Um, for me, it's the breakup. It's that it's that scene in the limo. Yeah. It's I don't think it's every, the gut punch. Yeah, every legend it's the nut punch. <laughs> but <laughs> hey. I don't think every legendary moment is going to be funny or happy. Um this was just so well acted by the two of them. And I just I just felt it, you know? If, yeah, I would agree that I think that's mine as well. And for me, it's it's another reason why we love this show because it does the hard stuff really well. It does the hard stuff well. It doesn't pull punches and it it sort of triggers you in the in the right ways, mm-hmm. you know? It makes you feel like, things. Yeah. It made me relive every like poor decision that hurt somebody else. Yeah, guilt is toxic, man. Mm-hmm. Guilt is toxic for sure. I mean, people run from it their whole lives. That's why. Yeah. That's one reason why folks are addicts. You know, like there's, they're running from stuff, and sometimes it's guilt, sometimes it's trauma. Uh-huh. It'll it'll eat you alive. So thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you next time for Rebound Bro as season three continues to wind down. Make sure to send us your legendary moments to heybeautifulpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to put in the subject, Rebound Bro, Mm -hmm. so Kate can find it easily. Yes, ma'am. And if you love this recap, which we hope you did, please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other people like you find us and helps our Hashtag HB family to grow and be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud or Spotify. So you never miss a recap. It's super helpful when you get the little notification telling you that an episode has uh, ready, a new episode is ready to play. Um, But of course, if you're a patron, you know about those and get them early. Yes, ma'am. A whole day early. Yeah. Um, and if you're wondering what that's all about, you can head on over to patreon.com slash heybeautifulpod. And we hope you'll come back next episode. Because it's going to be legend. Wait for it. This has been Hey Beautiful with your hosts, Kate Gorton and Caitlin Turner. Our intro outro music is by Owl All. Owl All.